You are listening to the Fort Taylor Talks podcast. I'm Pat Williams with my buddy, Ford Taylor. Ford, good morning. Good morning, P.W. It's good to be with you again this morning. You know, I don't really know if we should say good morning because sometimes we do these in the afternoon and at night. <laughs> no, we do, but for us, it's morning, and they probably can tell by our morning voices that it's early morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Ford, we've uh, got a subject matter today that we've been discussing for a couple months, and um, it's so... It lives in such a gray area, we can't even really decide on what to name this episode. <laughs> so I think that would be good to get into it. You know, we're going to talk about cancel culture. And I said, well, Ford, you know, we should call it cancel cancel culture. But you brought some clarity to my answer or to my suggestion. Well, PW, one of the reasons I wanted to do this is I got some feedback some responses uh, from some of our listeners and they said things like you seem to bring balance to things would you speak into this subject would you see if you can bring some balance into what's going on and, and so you know i told you should we call this bringing balance to a cancel culture environment should we call it staying at the table in a cancel culture environment you know because if we call it you know cancel culture and then cancel cancel culture you know those two extremes make it near impossible to stay at a table and have a, a dialogue, you know, and, and learn from each other and find out what is it we're doing wrong that makes people want to use those those harsh words, uh, what I call on both ends of the spectrum. You know, most of us, you know, we don't necessarily know what we're doing, a lot of us, that, that would cause us to, to get canceled, you know? And so, you know, I'm saying, what if we could bring some balance and stay at the table and have some good, heartfelt, deep conversations that bring solutions, not division. Or, you know, there's really two segments, and we'll start with the things from our past or things from the past. So we're really canceling things that have been around for sometimes even hundreds of years. Let's start with that one. Well, you know, it, 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 there, there are... You know, PW, all I can say, and I may get canceled when I say this, okay? You know, I, I travel the world, and in, in America, we got problems. I mean, we do. I mean, and a lot of our history is riddled with problems. But I've not found a better country. I've not found a country where there's more opportunity and where there's also less opportunity for certain people compared to other people. And so those two are both the case. I've not been to a country that they don't struggle with racism. I'm asked to speak on racism in these other countries. And so, you know, when you look back over the history of America, <laughs> we got some problems, okay? And, and we have to be careful that we don't forget the history of those problems because we don't want to go back and do them or continue doing them. In some of the cases, we do continue doing them, and we don't even realize we're in the continuation of it. And if we don't realize that, then how do we fix it? But for sure, we don't want to celebrate that bad history. We don't want to do things that look like we're celebrating slavery. And so we have to be careful about that. We should be teaching on slavery, uh, you know, what happened, the, how, the, the impact it had on our country. And, and, and most of it, it, it was negative. But, you know, we, at some level, 
you know, for me, as much as my heart bleeds and aches over our time of slavery, as you know, PW, I have some dear friends that, that are black, they're African-American, dear friends, and, and they've helped teach me my ignorance, the things I didn't understand. You know, and, but, I, but as I think on that bad time in history, I mean, my friends, their ancestors, they, they were as much a part of building our country as my ancestors were. You know, of laying the foundation of a society that could be economically strong. I don't want to cancel that reality. At the same time, I don't want to celebrate slavery. Lord, I wrote down two things you just said. You said acknowledge history in one sentence, and then you said celebrate history. And I think versus canceling, you're saying, if I heard you correctly, that you're okay with acknowledging what happens or not to erase history, because I don't think we can ever erase history. But there's a difference between the acknowledgement and the celebration. That's right. And so we don't want to celebrate those things in our history that are not good. We don't want to celebrate those things. And so we do things uh, many times out of racism, uh, many times out of an unconscious bias, many times out of a conscious bias, and often out of an ignorance that we don't even know. Uh, you know, I, I, when I started doing some work in Cincinnati around bringing leaders together to really impact our city, I was fortunate enough to move into a relationship with a lot of different leaders of, of different hues, uh, a lot of spiritual leaders in different denominations. And I would ask them this question, because I was new to the city, you know, what do I need to do to get you to trust me? And, and some of the black leaders would say to me, well, there's really nothing you can do uh, to get, a, I'd say, trust me 100%. They said, we'll trust you, but 100% is not possible. And I would say, why? And they would say, you know, because you're white. And I didn't understand that. I, I just, I didn't get it. I get it now. And they would say, and I would say, would you teach me? Will you tell me what it is about me being white that makes me not trustworthy? And they, and they started teaching me. They said, man, no one's ever asked us that question. You know, most people get offended when they hear that and that because they don't understand it. Instead of saying, well, will you teach me? You know, they leave the table. Well, you know, we can't cancel that I'm white. I can't cancel that they're black. But I got news for you. We can certainly stay at the table and learn from one another. You know, uh, one of my dearest friends, you know, when, when we very first met, because, you know, I'm from Texas, and we call everybody guys, or guys and gals, or girls and boys. Well, she told me, and, and we're dear friends now, and she told me how much it hurt her if I called her a girl or a gal. And I said, super, why? Tell me why. And she told me. And I just looked at her and said, then I'll never say that again. I, I, I had no idea. But see, that was just pure ignorance. I wasn't doing that to make her feel like a black person or make her feel like she was a slave. I didn't know. But once I did know, I was able to say, you know, I won't do that anymore now that I know. And when I learned the term, an example, master bedroom, I, I feel kind of stupid, you know, after, you know, it's like sometimes with our wives, you know, we do stuff that we're clueless on. And then all of a sudden, the light bulb comes on, and we go, how did I not know that? Well, that's the same thing, master bedroom. I didn't know that the name of the master bedroom came because the masters of the slaves had the big bedroom. I, 
And, and now that I think about it, it's like, well, how could I not know that? But but little things like that, the, you know, those are ignorance. They're not a, they're not bias. And so if we can stay at the table, and we can have the conversations around the things that are here that are painful, and, and learn from each other, I think we could instead of canceling or canceling the cancel, I think we could probably come up with solutions. Ford, a lot of this is really based on one of our key transformational leadership tools because the core belief or our core beliefs is really essential. It's an essential element in the, in the cancel culture. Agreed? No question. No question. So we try to teach tools uh, on, on every episode, if you will. Are there other tools uh, in the tool belt that if we could activate or call upon these tools in the middle of a discussion or bringing clarity uh, to this subject? Yeah, and so let's, let's take the core belief and connect it to a couple of other tools. So, you know, our core beliefs are beliefs that we believe so true that, you know, some research says that we would go to our death for that belief. Okay, let's say that at minimum, we would argue with the wall on that belief. In other words, we believe it, there's no change in it, so it doesn't matter what we say. And so an example would be if we're in a room with a group of people and someone has the core belief that every white person in America is a racist, and there's another person in the room that believes that racism doesn't exist in America, well, it's going to be real hard for those two people to stay at the table and learn from each other. Why? Because they'll start arguing over their core belief. But what if we were at a table that someone had a different core belief than I do? Because we all have different ones. And what if we were at that table and we said, wow, what could we learn from that? How could we learn? Because, you know, the greatest leaders are always learning. So what could we learn from what we just heard? Could you help me understand why, which is what I said, why you believe I'm racist because I'm white? But when they started teaching me, I said, well, no wonder you think that. I mean, look at the things I say, look at the things that I do that I don't even realize I'm saying and doing. But once I was told, and I may do some on this show today, you know, I may do something right here on this podcast and be completely oblivious to it. And all I hope is that some of my black friends hear it before someone that wants to cancel me hears it because they'll call me and tell me. Okay, because they know I'm not going to get offended by it. All right, so take that. And what if we could learn to listen to one another? You know, what if our first thought was, wow, they have a different core belief than I do. Maybe there's something here I can learn. And so the tool I would say, one of them is our slower listening model. Okay, and you know that S, it's, you know, it stands for, you know, be silent. You know, and so if we could be silent, and learn to listen, think what would happen. You know, the L is, you know, lean into the conversation. You know, don't back up, don't change your facial expression. You know, lean into it. You know, teach me. That O is keep that posture open. You know, be, be receiving of the information that you're about to get. The W, have a willingness, a willingness to be involved in the conversation, a willingness to listen. An E, is make eye contact with the person that you're talking to. Let them know 
that you are there, that you're engaged in the in the L. I'm sorry, the R is relax, respond, and repeat back if necessary. But do that in a relaxed state because you know it's intentionality that if the core beliefs are different and we're at the table to intentionally listen to one another. And the only way that we're able to do that, you ready? Is to not have our epinephrine fire off. Because see, our epinephrine is that thing that's released from our adrenal system that causes us to get angry. And it comes from fear, frustration, or pain. And so when pain kicks in, uh, either through fear, frustration, or pain, physical or emotional, when that happens, our brain can kick that epinephrine into our system and we get angry. And when we get angry, rational brain gets small. And all of a sudden, people are arguing with one another. Instead of saying, let's listen, let's learn from one another. Let's be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So if, if we did nothing but apply those three tools around a table, and of course, you know, we got tons more, but just those three alone, opposing core beliefs might be able to come up with solutions around many issues. For this uh, mass hysteria of promoting the canceling of people, brands, shows, movies, uh, you know, due to what others say are offensive or problematic remarks or ideologies um, really isn't something new, but I'm 54 years old. I've never seen the divide. So we like to use the word continuums, right? I've never seen the divide between the 5% on this side and the 5% on the other side. It's as wide, as long, as deep, as a divide as I've ever experienced. Yeah, there's no question that um, for sure in our lifetime, now there are times in history that it's even been worse. I mean, that's called civil war, but uh, that we're, we're probably just about as bad divided as a country uh, now as we were then. And, and, and PW, again, this is just one person's opinion, okay? That I believe the cancel and the cancel cancel, I mean, that, that hysteria, that, that uh, that force that we're hearing, I believe it's coming from a small percentage on each end of the continuum. But they're getting, as usual, they're getting the most recognition from media. Now, I will say that I do understand a lot of the people that are that are screaming cancel. I, I, I do understand it at some level. I mean, think about that you have children. What do you do to get their attention? I mean, how many parents, not saying it's right, but you scream at them to get their attention. So I can understand at some level that my friends have been, have been trying to say this on certain areas, especially around the racism. And for hundreds of years, they've been trying to scream this. You know, Martin Luther King, he screamed it in, in a very gentle, kind, loving way. Well, I think the pain of staying the same has exceeded the pain of change. And so now we're hearing it at a level we've never heard before. I'm not saying it hasn't been there. I'm saying it's out there more now. Now, what I'm arguing is great. I get it. I don't blame you. I get why you're screaming. We've heard your scream. Now, can we sit at the table? 
you know, can we sit down and, and talk about these things? Maybe there's some statues that need to come down. Maybe there's some books that we don't need to publish anymore. And maybe there's some that I think need to come down that really don't once I study it. Or maybe there's some that need to come down that I don't think once I study it, once I learn uh, the, the whole history of a person or the whole history of what's going on. But I don't know if we just continue to scream at each other. I believe the division will continue and continue. And just personally, my opinion, I think there's a good chance it could take our country down. You are listening to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. Ford, we've touched on the cancel culture based on racism so far, but there seems to be this really uptick or supercharged cancel culture around faith as well. Uh, how have you experienced that in your recent travels? Well, because of, of my travel, I've seen this happen in other countries. Uh, you know, they, there's, you know, there's one country I won't call by name that they got over a billion people and about 90 million of their billion are communists. Okay. And, but all we ever hear really mainly what we hear about out of that country is what the communists want. And they are, you know, they're, they're, they're hurting Muslims. They're hurting Christians. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to cancel the faith in their country. But there's over a million people that don't necessarily agree with them. But see, when you hear about that country, it sounds like the whole country, you know, wants to do that. But it's not. It's, it's probably 10% of the country. And so, it, it, so if you talk about it in terms of another country, it's like, well, they shouldn't do that. You know, we, we've been saying that that country's wrong for hundreds of years and how they behave. Yet now it feels like we're doing the same thing or trying to do some of the same things that we've been saying is wrong all these years. And so, you know, there, there are faiths, you know, whether it's Christian, Muslim, Jewish, that, you know, I, I don't want any of those faiths canceled. They all have their own belief. They have their right to their belief. And we're in America that gives you that freedom. And so if we start canceling that freedom, okay, for any of those Buddhists, whatever it is, if we start canceling their freedoms, again, I believe that our country could go down. That's just my opinion. And so I don't want to cancel any of those faiths. I want all of them to have the right to live out their faith. Now, if I'm a, a leader in one of those faiths and I start doing things that are damaging to the country, are they damaging to people that aren't like me? Then, yeah, cancel me. Don't cancel my faith. Don't cancel those that aren't doing those kinds of things. You know, I, I, I've got, you know, I, as you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And, and I believe Jesus is the Son of God. But that doesn't keep me from having dinner with people who don't. You know, I believe marriage is one man and one woman. That does not keep me from being friends with people if they want to have same-sex marriage, they have that right, PW. I'm, I'm not going to sit in a room and argue with them over that right. All I'm asking them is to give me my right too. I'm okay. I'm okay if the government, in other words, you know, separate, you got a church over here, that's us, and then you got a government. If the government, if the people of America say, the people of America say that same-sex marriage is okay, as an American, 
I've got to be okay with that because that's what America has said. But what I'm trying to say to America, government, well, can it be okay if in our faith, we don't want to do those weddings because in our faith, it's not okay. It doesn't mean we don't accept you. It doesn't mean we don't love you. It just means we would prefer not to do something that goes against the belief system. But there's nothing wrong with you going somewhere else that does believe in your system and doing that. Well, you aren't going to hear very many Christians talk that way. You know, because our core beliefs are so strong, we're going to argue to the death over what's right and wrong as opposed to someone's right as an American. Ford, as we wrap up this episode, I have to ask you, you know, there's no class or training for how to live in this world of cancel culture. Can you give us some hands-on practical, uh, you know, tools that we can um, be a positive influence uh, in these current times? Yeah. Ask yourself, you know, do you actually live out your core beliefs? Do you live those out? If people, if, if I said to you, I'm a Christian, okay, and I, and I define that as someone who believes in Jesus and, and someone who walks in peace, patience, you know, they're loving, they're kind, they're humble, they're gentle. That's what we say. Do you walk that out? Do people believe it when you say it? Do you walk out your core beliefs? Number two, would you be willing to put your core belief at the table? to accomplish something greater than you can yourself. Because if, if we can, whether that's around racism or faith or abortion, you know, we can come up with some solutions that can improve our country, not completely divide our country. Uh, so I, I would say that's, that's a tool. Again, I've already talked about this. Learn to do this in a way that your epinephrine doesn't go off. Keep your brain big. Be a solutions provider Okay, not a problem causer. And if we could get enough people at the table and actually talk about solutions, uh, you know, who knows? But but that means it's going to take politicians. It's going to take church leaders. It's going to take business leaders. It's going to take the right kind of people in media that that their focus is about coming together and, and being a solution. If the focus is I want to cause a problem because I make more money by causing the problem. You know, I, I sell more ads if I'm, if I'm problem than I, than I am solution. I'm just saying if, if that's <clears throat> what's going on, it's very, very difficult. Now, again, that's just one person's opinion. So, but the bottom line is, PW, you know, if we ever want to make America as great as America can be, if we ever want any country to be as great as they can be, I got news for you. The people in that country are going to have to learn to care about each other. It's real simple. They're going to have to love others more than they love themselves, more than they love their opinions. We're going to have to lay down our need to be right without losing our passion for truth. And when we learn to love in a way, and we know it's possible because a lot of us are doing things trying to come up with solutions, then we have influence. And when we have influence, then we have transformation. And so, and we, so we can. Our, it's not too late for our country. But we do have to love, influence, and transform. 
So I think if enough people could get lit, that we could be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Ford, awesome as usual. Awesome as always. I look forward to getting lit with you on our next episode. Take care, my friend. Thank you, PW. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com. Thank you.